0: And so the Raiders and Bears is always going to be very personal for me because somehow in our in our family lineage, there is a uh, there is a there's a little branch off off the family tree. Somehow my oldest sister, for whatever reason, is a Raiders fan. She's people see it on uh, my Instagram or things like that, and people like, oh my god, your sisters? I'm like, yeah, my sister's a Raiders fan. I don't know how this happened. Actually, I do. But I don't want to go into that kind of story. But it is one of the things cuz I remember as a youngster growing up. Now a lot of you know I was born in Chicago, the Schaumburg area. Spent most of my time growing up in Southern California. I think my dad would have been okay if I had gravitated towards the Raiders because it 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 was a franchise he sort of admired. Like he didn't he didn't have hatred. Like he hated he hated Washington. He hated uh, the 49ers. Green Bay, sorry. <laughs> Listen, a lot of the old heads, they don't hate Green Bay as much as us, uh, as much as the younger people, so to speak. Uh, we hate Green Bay for the last 30 years. People who are my dad's demographic hated like Washington, uh, the Giants a little bit, the 49ers definitely. Because they were the, the teams that competed against the Bears during the 80s. The Packers were nowhere to be found. But the Raiders were always that one team that was yeah you, you had a little bit of a, a, a respect for. And even as the uh, the Bears destroyed like six qu- – like all the Raiders quarterbacks in 85 got destroyed by the Bears in a, in a home game. And I remember Jim Plunkett was like, oh, I wish I was out there. Like, no, you don't. But in any event, there's always – there's something about the Raiders. There's something about these two proud franchises. So you know what? We got a game this week. I know the franchises aren't what it used to be. But still, for my household, this is a great matchup. So let's talk about it. But first, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show.
1: Turn up your volume your because you're about to listen to the sick podcast.
0: It's gonna be sick. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm off camera. That uh, that that rolled through a little bit, but I I'm I'm searching through my notes. I'll have a couple of things to go through at the end of the show. But I want to dive in uh, to this matchup. With the Raiders, and to do that, I wanted to go within our own network. Uh, We're going to be bringing on the host of the Raiders recap here on the six pod sick podcast. Get the name of the company right, Adam. Hey, listen, let's welcome Josh to the program. Just Josh. He's What's like Sting. Yes, just sir. Josh. Yeah, the one liners are always the best one, man. You know what? I'm I'm most upset that I I feel like I should just go by rank. Like if I I could have just dropped the first name and just been rank because most people call me that anyways, uh, but it's go. cool.
1: But Josh, rank, how you living? Rank, you know, rank it all works, man. I, I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm hearing what you're saying about the Raiders, the Bears. You know, it's crazy because my uncle is a Bears fan, and I'm from huh. California, so it's like we look at him like how did you know how did you become a Bears fan? We all from California, but at the end of the day, man, it, it's two great historic franchises that's about to go to battle. You know, we aren't what we used to be. But you know we can always count on some good fireworks when these two teams come together.
0: How do you feel about your team right now? Because it hasn't been great, but you've won back-to-back games, even despite some of the uh, the problem, not problems, but the injuries to the quarterback position. How are you feeling about your team right now?
1: Um confidence level, I say it's about like a six. Um, And honestly, because for me personally, I didn't come into this season with lofty expectations. Okay. I came into the season saying the ceiling on this team is probably a nine win team at best, you know, and does that sneak you into the playoffs? We'll see. So then it's, you know, around the same situation the Raiders have been in for years, which is you're just middle of the pack. You know what I mean? And, And that's what I was expecting from this team. But to see the two wins stack together, you know, really... I'm taking this season to kind of really judge McDaniels, really, because I need to see some signature wins under him and his regime, you know. And so at the end of the day, as of right now, I'm at a six because we're beating teams. The offense still isn't looking how it's supposed to look, especially if you have an offensive-minded head coach. So, you know, but I I do have my reservations on why the offense doesn't look like that. But, you know, I'm about a six, and I feel like if we can win this week, you know, and maybe make it convincing, then – I'd probably go up now. Next week is a real test for my team, and we'll see because we play Detroit next week, but as of right now, I'm about a six.
0: I love that you're already looking ahead through the Bears. Like, ah, we don't care so much about Chicago. It's about playing Detroit. But you talk about the the offense, how much of that is is tied to the quarterback? Because last year, it appeared that the fit with Derek Carr just wasn't there. They moved on towards the end of the season. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's fine, but I don't know. I I always hate to put an injury prone label on a player. Right. right. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt a lot and yeah. it, it, it can't be a surprise that he's hurt already. What are they going to do? Are they, are they playing for a quarterback this season? You know what I'm saying? Like in the 2024 draft or what, what do you think the future is at quarterback for the Raiders?
1: So, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I talk about on my channel a lot. And, and let's start with Jimmy with Jimmy. Um, You can see that the offense has no rhythm because your starting quarterback is not consistently out there, right? Like, I don't remember a playoff team that has their starting quarterback in and out of the lineup. Like that's just not conducive to winning football. So in that regard, you can kind of see why the offense is kind of sweatering because you don't have a consistent presence back there to gain rapport with the receivers, you know, and and a consistent voice back there. But for the Raiders, me, personally, we have our rookie back there, Aiden O'Connell, and we, we saw him in the preseason. Um, and there's a good chance he should be playing this week. Now, me, personally, I want him to play because yeah. I want to know what the Raiders have. You know what I mean? There's so many – like you said, there's so many good quarterbacks coming out in this draft that it. I think it's foolish for the Raiders at least not to explore what this kid is. You know what I mean? And then from there, we'll see. If he's not it, then, you know, we try again next year. But – At the end of the day, I think that we have Brian Hoyer back there. But, I mean, if you're talking about long-term sustainability, Brian Hoyer does nothing for you because he plays this game, then that almost guarantees you we go back to Jimmy. But with Aiden, you know, he plays well, then there's that unknown. And then there's something you say, okay, well, if he's a rookie, he's playing well, he's getting better, let's just stick with him. Let's see what he can do for the rest of the season. And if he does end up winning, then, you know, that's something that we can take in our bank for next year.
0: Yeah, because the Raiders are really, not that you play to lose or anything like that, but by beating the Green Bay Packers, by beating the New England Patriots, you really are now starting to get yourself down the draft board of like, well, mm. this doesn't really help anybody. But if O'Connell can come in and play pretty well, because to me it, it feels like there's no sense in going to Brian Hoyer. He should be the camp body. He should be the, like, if something happens physically. Emergency, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, if something. If something happens physically to Aiden and he can't play, then fine. Brian Hoyer could come in, even in a game like much like Jimmy Garoppolo. Brian Hoyer's from the Chicagoland area, yep. so it would be nice. nice for him or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, just go ahead and take a pound. We don't need you, Brian Hoyer. What about Josh Jacobs? Though, like that's one of the things that's been the most not surprising to me because he did he didn't get back, you know, despite going through some contract disputes. He did get back within reasonable time that I thought he would be more effective. But, man, this guy is – he's getting the carries. He's getting the attempts. But it feels like the explosiveness is gone. What's happening with Josh Jacobs?
1: So, realistically, right, and and it's not all his fault. Now, the first couple weeks, I was saying he wasn't fully where he needs to be, right, because every Raider fan knows we're seeing 100% full Josh Jacobs We're seeing a guy who breaks tackles, who's quick in and out of holes, right? And he's not doing that right now. For the first couple weeks, he wasn't doing that. Now, I feel like he's back there. But the problem is that the Raiders have not been able to go downfield. So when you're not able to go downfield, that allows teams to say, well, we're going to put eight, nine people in the box because we don't respect what you're going to do downfield. And, you know, we're going to make your quarterback beat us at a certain degree. Um, So right now, I think the passing game was, was really messing up. Josh Jacobs because everybody's saying, well, we don't respect Jimmy's deep, So we're just yeah. gonna play here and we're not going to allow Josh Jacobs to beat us. And the crazy thing about this is that if you know most people remember, last year he started similarly, right? His first four games, his first five games last year was about the same type of numbers he's having this year. And then he ended with the Russian title. You know, so I think as the offense progresses and if the offensive passing game can start opening up, we're going to see a little bit more of the Josh Jacobs we're used to seeing.
0: Yeah, we see that uh, Josh Jacobs is on pace to join Tuffy Leemans in 1937 as the only players to average under three yards per carry the season after leading <laughs> the NFL in rushing uh, per 100, uh, as long as they had 100. I know. We got to go all the way back to Tuffy Leemans, who nobody's wow. ever heard of. Uh, Mike North, if he's listening, <laughs> will be like, oh, I remember Tuffy Lehmans. He would come to Kamiski and we would root against him. Uh, but again, like, yeah, there was a slow start to last season, and I think if Aiden could yep. come in and play a little bit better, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that would help out everybody concerned. We do hear, though, Devontae Adams is now starting to uh, to make a little bit of noise. A little, There's a little right. bit of frustration surfacing. Is this an instance where you're like, well, this guy's just going to get peppered with targets and we'll keep him happy, or Could the Raiders at some point feel like, you know, like we're probably not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Perhaps we take a valuable asset like this and send him on his way. What is the future of Devontae Adams with the Las Vegas Raiders?
1: Now, before I begin, I know a lot of fan bases are excited because they hear a little disgruntledness and they're saying, oh, we can get him. I'm going to let you guys know it's not happening. All right, because the cap hit for the Raiders is tremendous. All right, and we're not – we're not in the business to be doing that as of this point. And he's already said this is the team he's grown up, loving and wants to play for. But the thing about Devontae, and at first, I won't lie. At first, I didn't really – the comments rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. But when you really dig deeper, okay, I feel like this is a situation where if the Raiders' offense was scoring over 20 points, let's say we're scoring 25, averaging that, and then you look at Jacoby Myers. He had 60-plus yards, a touchdown, You know, Michael Mayer gets involved with 50-plus yards. We got a rookie, Trey Tucker. Like, we start seeing everybody get involved, and the Raiders are scoring how they're supposed to. I firmly believe that you don't hear a peep out of Devontae because, realistically, all he wants to win. But when you watch Raider games, the Raiders' offense is sputtering, right? And he's saying, well, if we're sputtering, I'm obviously the best option. So, you know, let's get it cracking because, at the end of the day, I believe – he believes that he can be the reason why the Raiders are starting to score over 20 points, right? So like I said, I feel like if the Raiders were doing what they're supposed to, everybody's getting involved, we spread the wealth. And let's just say, for example, he has those Travis Kelsey numbers, four catches, 25 yards, four touchdowns. He wouldn't care. I I know that for a fact, he probably would not care. And he'd say, okay, we're winning. The offense is successful. There's nothing for me to say. And if he was to say this, if the offense were successful, then I'd have a different tone about me. But, You know, we're spluttering. We're not doing what we're really supposed to. So then at that point, I understand what he said. Well, if we're not really as successful as we can be, I should be getting more targets. And that that can probably lead to more wins and more convincing wins.
0: No, and it's the absolute truth. And you hear this from wide receivers all the time. Every, Every wide receiver, it seems at some point, goes through this thing of like, I'm not getting enough targets, what's happening, and then they're flooded with targets. We saw it happen a couple of weeks ago with A.J. Brown, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, with a team that was winning. Uh, He goes out there, he chirps, he starts getting the targets. Stephon Diggs, historically, every spot that he's been in doesn't feel like he's getting enough targets. Jamar Chase, a couple of weeks ago, compared himself to 711 I'm always open. So I would anticipate coming into this game, that Devontae Adams is going to end up being the number one wide receiver on the week, especially if you play fantasy football. And so the way I do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is one of those things. And by the way, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy football. I don't know if we do the reads, but underdogfantasy.com or underdog fantasy the app, best way to watch or uh, best way to play these games. But I will say this. One guy, oh, there we go. Uh, By the Ah. way, use the promo code sick and your first deposit will be matched up to $100 on underdog fantasy. They've got a, they've got a lot of great pick games. And oh, yeah, again, I'm not telling you what to bet on or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that watching the NFL, when I'm setting my fantasy lineups, I make sure that Devontae Adams is a big part of any team uh, that I'm playing, especially this week. Another guy that I really love in fantasy who's becoming a big part of this offense, you match, mentioned him a moment, moment ago, Michael Mayer. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks incredible. Uh, what have we seen mm-hmm. out of him? So this is a guy when the Raiders
1: drafted him, and I know a lot of people love Darren Waller, but I said when that, when the Raiders drafted this kid that once he starts getting going, we're going to fall in love with him because just his game is so smooth when you're talking about the route running. Now, he's not as strong in the – Pass or the run blocking area, right? That's something he needs to improve at, and I think he will improve as he continues his career. He gets stronger, has a nice little offseason, knows what he needs to do. But as far as route running, he has this smoothness about him where he knows how to throttle down in zones, right? He knows how to use his big body and man coverage against smaller defenders to really box them out and get them together. And, you know, anybody that's watched Raiders' film, the All-22 film, before last week he was not really involved, but he was open right? And, and yeah. these are things we saw consistently throughout the weeks. Before last week, he was open like he was last week. He just wasn't getting the ball, right? So now, I think the Raiders started to say, okay, we need to spread the wealth to some guys. And I understand Devontae needs targets, but like I said, if we're moving down the field, crisp and, and other people are getting involved, I don't think Devontae says anything. Now, where the Raiders are struggling is the red zone. And that's, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but, you know, if the Raiders end up getting their red zone walls together, you know, everybody's going to be happy.
0: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed, the Raiders not being able to punch it in. Yeah. The the Bears, obviously, with a cover, too, like, they allow teams to move down the field. Uh, it's like, can you not... Just don't let them convert those into touchdowns. I think that's where this game kind of hinges on this week.
1: You're not lying. I, I completely agree. You know, the Raiders' defense, to a degree, is like that as well. You know, we're bend but don't break... Um maybe get a turnover here and there or something like that. But definitely, I mean, when you look at the Raiders last week, we were, I believe, one for six in the red zone. And I was saying I was telling everybody, if the Raiders were at least three for six in the red zone last week against the Patriots, it would have been a different game, you know, and, and that's pretty much all the Raiders wins and losses this year. If you're better in the red zone, it's a different game.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, I, I the difference between winning or losing. These teams that settle for field goals. Don't seem to win, or he could be Brandon Staley and just not go for a field goal. Uh, I do want to ask you though on a, on the defensive side of the football, Max Crosby just absolutely scares the the just scares me. That's how awesome. great. Like I, I I for I don't know. I'm I'm sure asking a Raiders fan this question, but it feels like he doesn't get enough respect. It feels like he gets overlooked. We hear about Aaron Donald, we hear about T.J. Watt all the time. Nobody talks about Max Crosby, but I feel like he's a bigger game wrecker than those guys right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, and obviously I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm going back for my guy. But, you know, and this is the thing, when you hear people on, you know, maybe NFL were some big guys, undisputed, first take. When they talk about edge rushers, they leave his name out, right? They talk about T.J. Watt. They talk about Miles Garrett. They talk about Micah Parsons uh, uh, and all these other guys that rush the passer and they leave his name out consistently to me, he's getting up there and top. he's top five, but he's getting up there in top three because yeah. he can solo wreck a game. Like if you're not game planning properly for him, we saw it against green Bay, right? If you don't game plan properly, he's going to wreck your offensive scheme. Right. And, and this is something that week in week out, I've seen consistently from him. He does not waver, you know, especially with his energy and the way he plays and his effort. That's just the one thing I could count on week in week out like this dude right here is going to lead in effort and energy guaranteed.
0: Yeah, and it it's impressive, you know, especially at the end of last week when you knew like oh like here comes Mac Jones in the end zone like there's there's no way this ends up well. Like there's just no way. Um and I'm worried about a uh you know a rookie quarterback who's going up against uh you know Max Crosby with an offensive line that's a little bit suspect. How do you right. How do you see this game playing out? Um, what do you think is the final outcome? I'm just, I'm assuming you you would pick the Raiders to win, but how do you how do you feel this game is going to play out?
1: Now, um real quick, I want to touch on this too, like you just said about last week at the end right and just to keep on Max Crosby. Last week, these are plays we're starting to see him now create, right? His first couple years in the league, he was still that dominant, you know, pressure the uh, where you know he tried to get to the quarterback rush the quarterback and things that he's doing now but the but now he's closing games and this is a type of you know impact in, in his game that started to evolve now to close games and now he's starting to become that player as for the game on Sunday if Aiden O'Connell plays I expect just a little bit more of aggressiveness on the offensive side of the ball now does that lead to wins i i would hope so and you know i do think that the raiders have enough talent right to to propel them over the bears at this point because you know you guys are injured um you know there's a couple of pieces you guys are missing as of right now you know so i do think the raiders have certain pieces in place that the bears don't have that we'll be able to take advantage um you know i definitely want to see somewhere like an 11 point win something like that that would for me that would be good because now i can say we have confidence but I definitely think the Raiders can can pull this game out, definitely win this game, but it's going to take one. We're going to have to stop your guys' rushing attack because we obviously know if Fields is not out there, you're probably going to lean on the rushing attack a little bit more, right? Have DJ Moore under wraps, especially on the little short routes he likes to run that can probably go to the house if we allow him, right? And then defensive side of the ball, I've been seeing, you know, not I've been seeing the last couple of weeks, you guys have been getting a, a nice little decent amount of pressure. On the quarterback, yeah. right? Last week against Minnesota and the week prior to that, you guys have been getting some pressure. So we're probably gonna have to handle your uh defensive front because our O-line hasn't been the strongest, right? So we're gonna have to handle that. We're probably gonna bring some blitzes. Um, but if we can get Josh Jacobs going, no turnovers on our side, you know, maybe force you guys into something. I, I feel the Raiders can squeak this out, you know, in, in-, in a nice fashion.
0: You were just talking about an 11-point win, and then you talked yourself into squeaking one out. So I love, I love how you're uh, reverse engineering that. But I think a lot, of the, a lot of the same things go for the Bears. You know, they got to play a, a near – even though it's, you know, you're not playing like the Kansas City Chiefs, that you still got to play very well uh, wow. to win these games. And I think that, you know, with Max Crosby there, with our offensive line having the struggles that they are, they got to get the ball out of the hands of Tyson Bagent like, really quick. They got to be able to run the football. As you said, the defense has been playing a lot better, so I hope that they find a way to stop Devontae Adams because you know he's going to be targeted at the time. But we've got D.J. Moore as well, and I think it comes down to who uses their wide receiver the best. If the Raiders get the yeah. most out of Devontae Adams, the Bears are able to, to really lean on D.J. Moore because D.J. Moore can do a lot of damage on those yak catches, so yep. it should be pretty interesting. And so uh, I, of course, will take a Bears victory. I know that Josh is going to take a Raiders win. but finally. Um, how can everybody find you? When do you drop podcasts? For anybody that's enjoyed this, we appreciate having you on. Where can we find you?
1: Um, and real quick, you know, I said 11 point win and then as soon as, as soon as I said that in my mind, my Raider PTSD popped up and all of a sudden we're squeaking out a one point win. But this, yeah. that's, that's what happens with the Raiders every single time we play a team. We're like, okay, we're supposed to maybe do something with it. We're supposed to beat them. It's a, it's a close game, closer than we expect. But, yeah. um, If anybody wants to look for me, man, I got two shows. This one right here, Raiders Recap, so definitely find me on the Sick podcast. We release every week, right? Every Monday after the game, right? And we do something on Thursday to try to preview the game, so definitely go ahead and tap into this. I also got another channel uh, um, called The Raider Rundown, so if you want to look at more of my stuff, a little bit more, you know, explicit content over there, so if you really want to go ahead and look at the unfiltered stuff, look at my podcast over there, but Definitely uh subscribe to both of those channels, man. I appreciate you for having me on very much. And I hope we can do this again.
0: Yeah, I would love that. And uh appreciate it. You're doing great work with the show, and uh, we appreciate you having you on and uh bad luck to the Raiders this week.
1: Hey man, definitely, man. We'll we'll see what happens, but you know, you, you get yourself some silver and black, man. Your sister got yeah. the right idea. You might as well go ahead, man.
0: That's all her. I'm not gonna take that from her, but uh <laughs> thank you so much uh for being here, and uh there he goes. Josh, from the Raiders' Recap here on the Sick Podcast Network, we appreciate him being on. By the way, if you are not going to the game on Sunday and you're looking for some place to watch it, Game Room Chicago is the best place to watch football games. It's located in the historic Chicago Athletic Hotel, located right across from Millennium Park, and it features everything that you want from a bar. It's got papa shot, it's got foosball. It's got all sorts of games, and they have a Michelin starred chef, Mari Katsumori, and he has a bunch of snack foods. They have beer towers, weekend Bloody Mary bar, signature craft cocktails, game room. Chicago is the place to be. I uh, when listen, you can watch it on. You can go to the games on. Go watch the games on Saturday. Uh, I think it's a I don't know, an eleven a.m. start for you guys. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Go check out those games, Northwest or whatever. Whoever you root for in the Big Ten, go check it out at the Game Room Chicago or Sundays for Chicago Bears games. It is a lot of fun. It's Game Room Chicago. It's interesting. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful. Like the Raiders is one of those games that we look at. And this is not to besmirch the Raiders. And they're three and three. They beat the Broncos when we couldn't. Uh, They beat the the Packers when we couldn't. But this is still one of those games. It's like, if we don't win this game, it is very damning for us. Like there is, there is a lot of issues that we have that we already know about, but they're even worse. And this, again, it's not to take anything away from the Raiders. But this is a team that was on the road. Wait, were they on the road at New England last week? Where were they? No, they were home. But still, this is a West Coast-ish team coming to Chicago, coming in, playing that early window. This is where we should take advantage of. The Raiders are also one of those teams that sometimes they have problems closing games. And it's, you know, I, the more that I think about Tyson Bagent playing, the more, you know, I'm sort of worried about what it's going to happen when the Bears win this game, what the headlines are going to be, what the storylines are going to be. It's going to be off the rails in Chicago, which is fine. Like, I will take that. I will take rampant speculation of, should we play our backup? Because it happens all the time with backup quarterbacks. There's always that, like, is this guy better? Are we better off with him? Usually it's no. And Chicago is always, like, they're no stranger to this. You know, I think back, was it the 86? God, one of the old heads would uh, would know this better than me. I think it was 86, where we went with Flutie. Was it 88? Where we went with Flutie over Jim Harbaugh? I know like if we would have stayed with Jim Harbaugh, we probably would have won another Super Bowl at some point. But I don't know. There's a, It's just one of those things. I, I know. I'm getting out over my skis talking about this. But it feels like, I mean, even going back to Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman, you know, there are still people who believe that if Kyle Orton had been the quarterback in the Super Bowl, that perhaps things would have been a little bit different. Could he take a snap from center? Maybe. It's just, it just it's such a hallmark of Chicago. And it's also, too, I know that everybody's like, well, if the bears, the bears are not going to draft a quarterback. Like listen, if Justin Fields does not play well or he does not return, he's out for the rest of the season. They're going to do it. They're just going to do it. If they get the opportunity to do it. I'm not saying that Tyson is the guy of the future, anything, but, but at some point, if Justin doesn't return or doesn't return, it doesn't play well. Like, I don't know. Like people are like, Hey, like you can't keep drafting quarterback. They do. That actually, that's what teams do. You, you keep drafting quarterbacks. And everybody's like, well, what about the Browns? I'm like, yeah, exactly. These teams always have to draft quarterbacks. Um, but I think with Kevin Warren here, I feel a little bit better about the Bears' chances moving forward. But listen, great game this week. I'm looking forward to it. I'm confident that the Bears are going to win. And I think that we're going to show up with Tyler Scott on Tuesday. be talking about a win. I think Tyler Scott's going to get into the end zone with the football and everything. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And if you're in the Southern California area, RIP Beer Company is the place to be, PCH location. So I hope to see you there. And uh, until that time, bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick
1: Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.